Let's have a word of prayer. We thank you today, Lord, for the new year and for the tremendous rain, and we thank you for bringing us here this day. We honor you for your wonderful love and your grace and your kindness that you have allowed us to gather here. We recognize that in 2018, there were some people that did not make it to 2019. You've been faithful to us, and so we're grateful that we have the privilege to be able to serve you still. We thank you for sparing us. We know one day we'll have to leave this world. But, oh, we thank you that you have prepared a place for us. You have already prepared the place and that you have welcomed us in. So today we pray that we will take full advantage of the wonderful kingdom that you have provided and have given. Most of all, that we'll be in your presence and be with you. We love you today. Now give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Pray that you'll anoint and bless this word. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Someone had a birthday this week, and I think, I'm not sure if it was on um, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, but I think, Faith, you had a birthday somewhere this week. Didn't you have a birthday this week? New Year's Day. Oh. (laughs) You were playing on New Year's Day. My goodness. (laughs) Happy birthday. (laughs) <laughs> Today we're going to have begin with part one of this message as we continue with our new book in the book of Ephesians. If you turn to the book of Ephesians, Anisha sent me a text. She had to work last night and through today, and so we won't have the scripture for you up on the board, but you have the word. If you have your phone and you have a Bible on your phone, you have free access to the Wi-Fi, P-I-C-F, free. But don't be watching any games while I'm preaching. (laughs) (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2. Since Florence said nobody would do that. I know somebody would do that. (laughs) Sitting on the second pew on the left side behind Sister Tanika. (laughs) Oh, 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 I'm not calling nobody out. (laughs) My good friend. (laughs) Ephesians chapter 2, I'm going to read the first seven verses, even though, as you know, a couple of weeks ago we began this chapter, read read the first three verses, but for the context, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7. I had initially planned to go through 10, but as I was preparing this message, felt the need to just deal with the first seven, or basically four through seven, but I will read one through seven for the context. Please follow along with me. I'll be reading from the ESV, the English Standard Version, and this is how it reads. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, 
because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, listen to that, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The title for this message, this series I'll be speaking on is The Great Rescue, Part 1. The Great Rescue. Whenever we think of having been rescued, our minds automatically think of being in a dangerous situation. A situation where there may be a matter of life and death. Many rescues have taken place because a person willingly put themselves at risk. They chose to bypass the clear signs that say, do not venture past this point. There's danger. Others failed to notice a dangerous sign or the sign of danger. Just didn't notice it. And they were caught off guard. Yet, they were still caught in the midst of a dangerous situation. And those individuals had to be rescued because they could not make it back to safety. There are people today who do not know that they're lost and need to be rescued or that they're in a dangerous spot or place. They continue to operate in such a way that highlights their blindness. They think they're doing fine and they refuse any offers of help. And that's a sad situation when you are in trouble and you don't even know it. When believers were rescued, it was a time when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Isn't it great to be rescued? It really is great to be rescued. It's a bad thing when a person is rescued and they say, why did you rescue me? We need to understand that we were rescued from the wrath of the Almighty God. Hey, that's, something, that's something to be grateful for. That's something to be thankful for when you are rescued from God's wrath. A few weeks ago, as I mentioned, I... Preached from the title, Don't Fool Yourself, Satan is Not Your Friend. Satan is not your friend. I know he wants to hang out with you, but he is not your friend. We did not know at a time, at the time when we needed to be rescued. We didn't even know it. We weren't even looking to be rescued, but God chose to rescue us. We weren't even seeking him, and he chose to rescue us. It was only by the grace of God that he rescued us and that he rescued us and we need to be thankful. I'm going to just deal with the first point today. And I have given that point, but God. That's it, but God. I know you might be looking for more, but God. We can close our Bibles and go on home now. <laughs> we ought to be thankful for those two words, but God. It is at the end of verse number 3 when there was no hope for us, when we were only able to receive 
the wrath of God. When we were lost in our trespasses and sins, and we were at a place where we could only expect to receive the wrath of God. It is at the end of verse 3 that we come to verse 4 and the two words that says, but God. (laughs) One needs needs to think about that miraculous word, but God. When God comes on the scene, things change. Things don't remain the same when he comes on the scene. Whenever you are in a place or at a place and you think nothing can be done, you ought to be thankful that God remembers you. But God, when God steps into and onto the scene, change has to take place. When a person shows up, you ought to, you sometimes say, oh, that's only him, ain't nothing going to change. But when another person shows up, he says, oh, I know something's going to change now because I know that individual. What happens with you and what do people say when you show up on the scene? Do they just keep doing what they've always done or do they expect to see something happen? What do you say when God shows up? When you're going through trials and tribulations and difficulties, do you say, oh, I was going through this, but God. Or do you only say, oh, it's only God. How do you respond when the Lord shows up on the scene? When God came upon the scene and comes upon the scene, the scene cannot remain the same. When I personally was at the point of death, God showed up. When I was at the point when I didn't know if I was going to make it, God showed up. I recall a situation when I was going around to the high school, to Mill Valley, one evening. Me and my brother were playing basketball. We would go there and I'd beat him up real good. When he was working as a custodian, we, he had the keys to the school. And so we'd go and play some basketball. But on this particular day, going around by the high school, I was in my Volkswagen, and they had shifted the lane so that there was only one lane or oncoming oncoming traffic, and I was in the wrong lane. And as I'm going around the corner, there was a car coming directly at me. And it was only by the grace of God that I was not in a head-on accident. I was so full when I got to the school, I couldn't hardly contain myself, crying and just thinking, God saved my life. And I can remember, but God stepped into that gym and just worshiped God, honored him right there. Because I knew that God had mercy on me. I remember it vividly. He remembers. And we just sat and I cried and I, we worshiped the Lord. But God, when you look back at your life and see the transforming work that he has done, It is at the point of remembering when God stepped into the death spiral of your life and pulled you out. That you need to be able to stop and look back and say, oh, but God. What do you do when you're facing your greatest challenge and you don't know what to do? You come to the end of your rope. And you said, I don't know where to turn. Do you say, but God? 
Or do you plunge your head not knowing what's happening? Do you not know that it was at the point when you were heading down to despair, you were actually in despair, in the throes of death, that God stepped in? You weren't even seeking him. You weren't even thinking about him. It was the Lord that came to the rescue. What do you do when there's no place else to turn? It is with this phrase, but God, that Paul goes on to say that it was his rich mercy and great love for us that he made us alive with Christ. You notice that when he says, but God, he pauses there. And then goes on to say, because of God's great mercy, and then the reason his love that he came and rescued us. I don't think that we really understand how serious the condition is and was that we've been in. We don't give proper, I don't think, attention to the fact that we were at a place where we had to be snatched from the throes of death. And we could stand and say, but God. There was a pastor here, Assistant Pastor Norwood, that used to love that phrase. But God, and he'd pound the pulpit. But God, with that left hand. He would look and see how God formed this earth and this world and created this world. And, and, and then he, he would look at the New Testament and read a passage. And then he saw those words, but God. <laughs> that, that is something to get excited about, people. That the Lord would reach down at a point to when you were dead, you weren't even alive, and he would rescue you. You see, there are many people today who want to take credit. For how wonderful they are. <laughs> they, they, they want to be recognized somehow for what they've done. Lord, look at these qualities and add them to the list of things that you're doing. We can partner together. You get part of the credit and I can get most of the credit. You get no credit. The Bible says you are in the throes of death. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. You weren't even considering. In fact, you were partnering with Satan. You thought Satan was your friend. The Bible says, but God didn't even include you. You were dead. Bypassed your will and rescued you. His rich mercy that cannot be fathomed or understood pulled us out of the miry clay. Miry clay, boggy, swampy, muddy. You were sinking in this clay. Couldn't even get out. That's when he rescued you. Weren't even asking for help. He pulled you out of the miry clay. Rescued you. Don't you realize it was a great rescue, great rescue that he, he came about and gave? He, he came and, and he rescued you, pulled you out. Today there are many people who like the mud. When I was a kid, we used to eat mud pies. Y'all eat mud pies. I used to love to eat a little dirt after it rained. Mm. As a kid, y'all need no dirt. Mm. 
Y'all wanted to go, y'all know y'all, y'all wanted to go lick the ground when it started raining. That, good, that smell. <laughs> yes, y'all did. Don't, don't y'all act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Go make them pie and go cut it up in pieces. Got y'all, y'all little tin pan and got your crust. Mud and got the little gravel in there. Crunch, crunch. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the full rescue regarding what God did and is doing, it, it comes about because his mercy is great and immeasurable. I sometimes think that we don't understand how great the mercy of God is. When you understand mercy, when you understand the greatness of God, you need to understand that it was his mercy for you, his love that was extended on your behalf, that he came at a time when you could not get up because you were dead, and he came and pulled you. He came to you. You couldn't even respond. You, you couldn't even, even say, Lord, at that time, thank you. He did it when you were in your sins, walking away from him. He says, I love you so much. As Paul is speaking to these Gentiles, and then he includes the Jewish people within this chapter, he says, you were dead in your trespasses. Then he goes on to say, if you look at that, we. You see, when God comes to rescue It's not for one group only, not for one color only. God comes for people. I hope we get that today. I hope we understand that the rescue is for people. People. I'm going to go on and leave that right there for a minute. The love that Christ expressed to us in the fact that he died on the cross was awesome as God sent his son to die. It was the fact that God raised Christ from the dead. His love, his his power, his mercy had Christ to come to this world when we weren't even even not only wanting him, we didn't even deserve him. His love caused him to come when he was raised from the dead, that great power of God, as I told you before, also was a power that raised us up as well. It's that love and that power that caused Christ to be seated upon high, that God says, now because of what I've done for my son, I'm pulling you from the dead, just like I've raised him, and I'm seating you in the heavenlies with him. Because I love my son, I love you, and I'm going to give you status because of what I've done for him. Do you not know you don't have status on your own? You don't have status without God? Look at what it says. Part B of verse 4. Because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved. And then what it says, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. Now I want you to note something. It was Christ that sat down at the right hand of the Father. 
Now, while we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ spiritually, you note that the scriptures does not say, and seated you on the right hand of the Father. No, that's exclusively for Christ. We are seated with him in the heavenlies. We have status because of what he's done, but the, the, the place of honor, the right hand, is only for Christ. He's at the right hand of the Father. It doesn't say that you are. It doesn't say that in that verse. And that's what's something I want you just to, just to note. You are seated with him in the heavenly spiritually. God has done it. He's brought you back to life. He loves you. But you need to understand you are not Christ. In other words, you are not a, you're not a, a little God. You cannot extend, attain Godhead. I know there are some people who think that somehow they can actually become a God. No. No. You can't. There's one God. There's one Savior. There's one Lord. You are seated in him, but don't get it wrong. You are not God. Satan wanted to be God. He could not be God. He's the God of this world, but he is not the king of glory. One God. Now, it is interesting to know that Paul uses the words raised up with him, as I made clear, as I made mention just a moment ago. We were made alive by God when we were dead, and now we see that our death and rising are tied to his rising. All right? We are aligned with him. You being pulled from the ash heap resulted in you being raised up with him into glory. Christ and you're with Christ and you're seated in the heavenlies. You can't take any credit. Verse 7 says, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. One of the things that I need to make clear to you is that when we think of eternity, eternity when we think about it, 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 it really, for the Christian, rolls on from the life that we live right now on this earth. What, what do I mean? We know that this world and our life comes to an end. But if we're walking with Christ, we then walk right on into glory with him. We're brought into his presence. We go to be with the Lord. You see, to die is to be with him. When we leave this world, we don't go to another place and await 400, 500 years before we can be with him. We don't cease to be no. We go immediately into the very presence of the almighty God. So when we leave this world, it just rolls right on into eternity. We, we, it's, it's an experience that we, we, we can never even fathom in our, in our minds. Our minds can't right now comprehend what heaven is going to be like for those who know the Lord. But we know as we worship him right now, we are worshiping God because we know that he loved us and he loves us and we have a seat with Christ in the heavenlies. And we are looking forward to the promise that he's given us that one day we will be with him. We're with him now in the sense of this world, the fact that he reigns, but we will be in his very presence. So in the ages to come, speaks of the time that speaks of now going right on into 
eternity. I don't think people realize and understand that we do come to an end on this side of eternity. If there really was a fear of God that many people have, if you really have a fear, it'll cause you to do some things differently. I don't think people fear God as they say they do. Let something scare you real good. It'll change your behavior immediately for a short period of time. It'll cause you to look at some things differently. Just something off the cuff. Let a big dog come around the corner at a certain location, growl and bark, and start chasing you. You will never approach that corner the same the next time. You, you, no, that, that corner going to mean something to you. You're going you gonna to go around that corner with caution. You're going to be looking. You're going to be searching. You're going to be seeing, is anything there? You're not going to just go bouncing around that corner. You're going to remember that this was an experience you had there. Now, you might eventually forget down the road until maybe you have another experience, but your behavior changes when something scares you and when you fear something. If we have a proper fear of God, it'll change how we live. It'll change what we do. It will change how you behave. And what the Lord does at times, he has to give us a little shaking to remind us that he's a God to be feared. And to be honored, we need to understand that if God did not come and rescue us from his wrath, we'd be lost. So we can remember it, but God. And then in his great mercy and his great love, brought us to himself, brought us, he drew us unto himself. And now we can experience in the ages to come. The great mercy that he has for us. Let me tell you this. Mercy is actually not receiving something you really deserve. Grace is being given something you don't really deserve. You oftentimes see grace and mercy paired together. You see it later on, but it's mercy that God showed. It says, see, God's wrath is against sin. Isn't it interesting that God had to come and save us from himself and then save us unto himself? Save us from his wrath and then brings us and gives us life. You see, ultimately we deserve, because of our sins, we deserve hell. That's, that's just what we deserve. Because why we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God, in his mercy, came and rescued us. He says, now I'm going to dust you off. I'm going to give you life. And I'm going to fulfill it throughout all eternity. If there was a proper fear of God, it would cause people to reevaluate where they are in their life and say, wait a minute. This is something I cannot pass up. This is a gift I, 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 don't, I don't want to just go by. I, I need to understand this better. We, we don't fear God like we ought to. But if we have a proper fear of God, we recognize, we will truly recognize that God came to rescue us. 
we would do things differently. As I bring this to a conclusion for today, it is great to know that God has a plan throughout all eternity. It's his plan. And I want to leave this with you. When God did the work, he did it at a place and at a time when, as I said, you couldn't respond. You can't take credit for it. It's his work. It's by his grace that you're saved. And we're going to deal with verses 8 through 10 next time. I didn't want to just run past right into 8 and 9 because that, that becomes kind of the crux of the book of Ephesians. Just pause for a moment just to think. What if it wasn't for the but God? Where would you be? Where would I be? Have you responded to the but God? Or have you still gone into the danger zone? And are you in a place right now to where you can't get back? You need to be rescued. Well, he knows how to get you from the place of danger. Have you gone past the danger signs? Have you gone off into the past uh, a cliff and now you're down in the ravine, you can't get out? He knows how to get you out of the ravine. Do you know you're in danger? If you responded to him, his grace, his mercy, that's a good thing. But if you haven't, that's not a place you want to be. He loves you so much that he doesn't even want to leave you there. 2019, I want it to be different. Get the cracking. I want to be able to spend more time in prayer. I'm not talking about between 12 and 1. I'm talking about time with him, my own just personal time. That if I set a time to be with the Lord, I want to honor that time. Because it's for the matter of but God, what he did for me. It's good to remember what he did for us and then give thanks. He rescued us. It's the great rescue. Stand to your feet, please. The great rescue. But God. I thank God that he didn't give me and send me to hell when I wasn't ready. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I, I'm glad he didn't send me that. I, I, when, I, when I was not saved and trying to pretend like I was, and <laughs> I thank God for having some mercy on me. And when you say, Lord, have mercy, <laughs> that should hold a whole different meaning for us. But oh, to be able to respond to the mercy and that great love of God. It should just cause you to say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> if you close your eyes, please. There may be some today who have never said yes to God. and It's really the time for you to just be able to say, God, I don't understand, but I want to be rescued. If you would just put your hand up and say, God, I don't know you, but I would want to be rescued. I'll accept you. If you would raise your hand, I'll pray for you. He says, yeah, it's time. If you're in a dangerous position and place, or about to head into a place that, you, that danger is lurking, and you're not sure what the outcome is, is it a place that you should be heading? 
may need to stop and say, Lord, I need your rescue. Do I need to do this? If you never say yes to the Lord, he says, I'm available to you. I forgive sins. I heal the wounded heart, the broken heart. I, I bind it together. He's a great physician. And he welcomes us. Is there anyone that says, yeah, it's me, Lord. I'm ready. Lord, in this place today, we're grateful to you. For you rescuing us when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, when we had partnered with the enemy. Your great mercy and your love rescued us, and then you set us in the heavenly places with our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you right now that you have not left us nor forsaken us. It wasn't a rescue that left us alone, but a rescue that has caused us now to have life, to have it everlasting. Today, we thank you, we honor you, and we praise and bless you. For those in their hearts that are struggling right now, we pray that, God, that you will rescue even the thinking process, even the thoughts, even the the thoughts that nobody else sees and even knows about. Rescue, Lord. We bless your name today and we thank you. And we pray that you will help us this year to have a proper fear of God. That we will always remember that it's for the but God that keeps us and that saves us from the depths of despair. We thank you right now that you came at a time when we were dead and gave us life. Now help us today to live in newness of life. We bless you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you. See you Tuesday and Wednesday. God bless you.